Greetings from Hannibal, Missouri. And welcome to Rivertown Review, the podcast. An informative and hopefully entertaining look at all things Hannibal. With Megan Rapp. People tend to come, visit, they like it here, they move here. And Harold Smith. In our biased viewpoint, this part of the country, this community, is an excellent place to be from. And now, Rivertown Review, the podcast. We greet you. It is, we are up to a whole handful. It is episode five of the Rivertown Review. Who would have thought we'd make it this far, Harold? They said it would never last. That's right. Uh, I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And uh, we are here to uh, talk about all things Hannibal. And, uh, of course, uh, we are found, well, it, it, I kind of wonder about, you know, telling us, telling people where you can find us because they found us. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening. True. Uh, but uh, since since the last time we, we got together for this, uh, we, of course, we've been on iTunes since day one. Uh, we are now on Stitcher as well, and we are now on Google Play Music, uh, the different destinations uh, that you can find us. And uh, RivertownReview.com is now up and running. Yes, so if you want to listen from your computer, you can go to RivertownReview.com and it will take you to where where our little, where our humble little podcast <laughs> lives on Podbean. And yes. we are, as Harold likes to say, humbly dominating. <laughs> well, you, the- you started it. <laughs> No, I said dominating. You threw in humble. Oh, okay. Well, you said dominating in a in a humble sort of in way. In a humble sort of way. Yeah. Well, that was about something else. But then. that goes back to our humble domination of a trivia night that it, that we it, were on the same team and we happened to humbly dominate. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes, with all due. Well, never mind. Uh, it, it starts to get deep after a while, as you may have uh, may have. Uh, it's already about up to my ankles. We uh, should move on. Pretty much. Yeah, it, definitely. The, we won't need the hip waders yet. Uh, <laughs> but And, of course, uh, for suggestions and uh, that kind of thing, uh, comments, of course, leave nice reviews wherever you go. Uh, and also, uh, you can go to RivertownReview at gmail.com uh, to uh, to leave something. And uh, it, whether it's a comment or a suggestion or a review or, or whatever it might be, or uh, one thing that uh, you don't know about Megan yet, if you only way you know us is from the podcast, if you have a favorite pun that you would like to <laughs> leave on email, uh, <laughs> Megan, Megan would appreciate that as well. Yeah. I do love a good pun. I do love a good pun. And if you want to tick me off, just send me a uh, just just start posting non Twain quotes that you know <laughs> yes. you see you see those all over Instagram. If you're oh. if you're trying to raise my blood pressure, just mm. send us some Instagram photos to our Facebook page about you know set sail and explore, dream, discover. Quoted by Mark Twain. Not a Twain quote. <laughs> yes, that that kind of answers my next question. What what is the one what is the most misquoted one most the, the the quote that you hear the most that people said that swear that mark twain said it and he didn't it it is probably that that one it's mm. um uh it and sometimes it's just explore dream discover mark twain now it's part of a larger one that's something like throw off the bowlines and set your sails and it's all these sailing terms, which 
Mark Twain was a riverboat pilot. Yeah, they didn't have sails on riverboats. But uh, there, there are there are so many others, and I know mm. that I know that you know Lincoln scholars, Edison scholars, you know, all the, they all have the same issue because oh, yeah. any anyone with with the best of intentions, I'm not saying that they're maliciously trying to no, do this, but anyone with the best of intentions can put a very inspirational picture with like a tree or a sunset and and throw some knowledge up there and then attribute it to anyone you know mm-hmm. it's 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 like those ones that i do enjoy that say something like never believe everything you read on the internet and then they put you know said abraham lincoln exactly. you know, i mean That's just right. kind of like kind things of that are obviously yeah just a full of hooey that, and... that you would hope would be obvious. <laughs> yeah let, let's hope that everybody yeah would go oh no yeah that's yeah, that's that's most definitely uh, a bogus thing yeah and now that we opened up that floodgate i can guarantee you if i have any any friends <laughs> listening um i'm going to get some strange and fantastical uh, <laughs> we might need to remove this part from the podcast. Uh, okay, whatever, whatever works. Just... Well, hey, you know what? Send us. And if you have any questions, there you go. Did yes. Twain say that? I'm yeah, happy yeah. to. I'm happy to help. We can be the clearinghouse for that, sure. Yeah. But but one thing, but one thing that he did say, which we've kind of taken on as our, our uh, official mantra? Un- unofficial mantra. <laughs> yes, I, I I don't have the exact quote in my head, but I, but you do. All you need in this life is ignorance and confidence, and then success is sure. Mark Twain said that. Mark Twain said that, and I'm pretty sure had he been able to see into the future, he would have said that about our podcast now reaching the fifth episode. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. (laughs) Coming to you from the intersection of ignorance and confidence, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. And actually, this podcast, I it's, this is I think this is going to be one of my favorites that we've done so far. Okay. Um, because this whole um, episode is going to be a play on something that Mark Twain actually wrote. He he his obituary came out before he died someone had gotten <laughs> had gotten word uh, yes. of the, the of the twain had died and so he quoted famously you know the the news of my death has been greatly exaggerated well this podcast is the news of twain's um effect on our culture because you hear variations of that quote everywhere yes yeah anytime anybody uh, talks about anything. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be a death. It can be uh, somebody going out of business. It can be somebody divorced. It can be somebody married. It can be uh, you yes. name it. Uh, rumors of this have been greatly exaggerated. Exaggerated. Well, ru- well, there is no such thing as over exaggerating the effect that Twain had on Hannibal. Yes. And is still having on our popular culture as we know it. And so I I told Harold that we would give just a very brief, for those of you that have not been steeped in Twain lore like like myself, a quick overview. Um, Hannibal was Mark Twain's boyhood home. He was born in a town called Florida, Missouri, Mm -hmm. moved here from the ages of four to 17. Um, And this is where he drew his inspiration. Now, after 17, he never lived permanently in Hannibal again. He visited several times. Last time, 1907, he was already um, an internationally known star. Yes. And he did take the experiences that he had in Hannibal and turned them into his some of his most well-known books. 
that we know of that we still know today. Um, so, for example, if you are going to come to Hannibal and take the Mark Twain Riverboat, for example, you can take a riverboat along the Mississippi a lot of places. However, it's especially special in Hannibal because because Mark Twain, the first thing he did before he was an author, but it his journey started on the river. He was a riverboat pilot. In the beginning. As all boys wanted to be. Anyone who lived yes. along the river, because the river boats brought all kinds of people. They brought your uh, your um, items that you can purchase. They brought different ideas. They brought, I mean, it. the river was your highway. So any kind of new information, new people that came, they came on the river. And so the river was the most exciting place to be. So every boy wanted to grow up to be a riverboat pilot. And yes. I'll be darned if Mark Twain didn't do it. He did. And as a matter of fact, of course, uh, in his young boyhood, it was, it was Samuel Clemens who was living in Hannibal and growing up. And the term Mark Twain means... Um, it means safe passage. It is actually um, a, uh, they used to call out Mark and then Twain. And that meant that the water was deep enough for the river, uh, for the river boat to go and not run aground, not, not, uh, you know, catch, catch its hole along the bottom yeah, of the river. Didn't want to rip the, rip the bottom out of it. But uh, that's where, I mean, even his pseudonym by which he is known uh, worldwide came from the river. Exactly, because in Hannibal, when he lived in Hannibal, he was just Sam. He was just Sam Clemens. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of uh, story of his boyhood except for what he tells us, and we know he's a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to take some of it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but he turned his experiences into well-known literature. Uh, we, have a, we have a wonderful um, cave here in town. Yes, the, the, strangely enough, Mark Twain Cave. Uh, and we're, yeah, we're going to have to get, uh, I think Linda's on our list. You know, you talk about a historian when it comes to Mark Twain cave and, uh, of course in the adventures of Tom Sawyer, uh, Tom and Becky lost in the cave and, uh, Sam Clemens and Laura Hawkins, the girl, uh, upon which the character of Becky Thatcher is based. They wandered around in that cave too when they were when they were growing up. And when we have Linda on to talk more about the cave, because the cave history in and of itself is fascinating. Oh yeah. Um, but there are places in the cave that you can point out and say this is where Sam Clemens, Mark Twain, um, got the idea for the treasure is buried under the number two cross. Well, you can see the rock formations. It, it does not take, you're, you're not um, going to have to take a big mental leap in order to see that, well, of course, this is this was this place. This is that place. Oh, well, wow, you could actually read sections of the book right here and look around and see what he was remembering. Yeah. So Yeah, see that's that's how we know and you've talked about this. That's how we know the impression that Hannibal made on Mark Twain because mm -hmm. you can go to Mark Twain Cave. We talk about the river. They talk, he talked about the islands and all of that along the river where his journeys took him in the in the books and when you go on the Mark Twain River boat, you can go up and down the river and you can see those places. So if you know the adventures of Tom Sawyer, the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, mm -hmm. you can come to Hannibal now in 2018 and you can see all of this. You can see all of them. You can talk, uh, you know, they talk about uh, the, the um, you know, Holiday's Hill, you know, Widow Holiday and all of that. Well, now it's called Cardiff Hill. 
fun topic, which we'll talk about in a, in a next podcast. They have actually, um, and if you go on the Mark Twain Riverboat, which uh, Captain Terry has now piloted for many, many moons, yes. um, he will tell you if you take off uh, as Huck and Jim did um, from uh, you know a certain location because of the down current, this would be the island that they would have landed on. And so you talk about Jackson's Island. These are the actual places um, that are in the books, but they're real places. They were based on places that young Sam Clemens played um, as a child. Now, he was about 45 before he started writing these books. Mm. So he had been um, away from Hannibal for a long time, but it obviously made an impression. Now, he lived out east. There is the Mark Twain I always like to say that Hannibal is the before. Uh, you know, we we get them before they were they were well known. <laughs> yes. We had we got Sam Clemens. Hartford, Connecticut has the the Mark Twain House. So after he made good, and it's a glorious building, a glorious home that you can you can tour. Um, we have his boyhood home, and um, the the books. We we a lot of times we focus on Tom Sawyer, we focus on Huckleberry Finn, but Mark Twain, Mark Twain was a prolific writer, and he was also in his time as well known for his speaking yes. engagements, his stage performances. Yeah, especially at least in my perception, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, particularly in later life, uh, particularly after he lost he lost Livy. Uh, and uh, what was it they they called uh, you know his his pen his his pen uh, dipped in hell or some something like that you know it com- scathing commentaries scathing commentary his wife um, Olivia Langdon Clemens um, was his editor uh, during her life and so she would strike out things um, <laughs> that she thought that a little bit too much um and and yes after after she passed um you get some very interesting later writings that not a lot of people probably are the the general public is not familiar with but they are um they're fascinating yes it would uh, a pin dipped in hell i do believe in hell okay yeah um but it was um you know a long long life lived to the age of 75 which is a is a and wrote and and spoke up until the end. And so. course, yeah, absolutely. And of course, then the, the, there's the whole other thing about Mark Twain. You talk about living to age seventy five, came in and went out with Halley's Comet. With Halley's Comet, I mean, because Mark Twain didn't do anything halfway. <laughs> you know, he was a showman. Uh, my my daughter currently um, is obsessed with the movie The Greatest Showman. I don't know if you've seen it because you don't have a ten year old girl at home, mm-hmm. so musicals might not be your thing. But it's about the life of P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum, yes, of course, showman. Twain was a showman to the end. You know that white suit that everybody thinks of him as always wearing. He did not start wearing that until he um, started um, pleading with Congress to improve copyright laws because if someone got a hold of your manuscript and then went over to Europe and published it, you got no money from that, even though you were the author. And so international copyright laws, which not a lot of people think about uh, in, you know, general day-to-day life, but, Mm -hmm. you know, for authors, it was very important. He wore the white suit because he knew he would look very striking with his white hair and his white mustache, and it was very much a the faux pas because it was in the winter time you oh, did no. Oh, not no he wore white after cl- labor day clutch oh, your pearls no. i mean <laughs> and he got such a response 
he started wearing white suits all the time. Yeah, it works. It so works. Why not? Self-promoter. First international American superstar. I mean, oh, yeah. you didn't have multimedia, Twitter, and Facebook, and the radio. I no. mean, it was, you, you didn't, didn't have anything. There was no Mark Twain podcast back back then because it, 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 those kinds of things didn't exist. Think about how how quickly we could have shot him to stardom harold oh yeah yeah you think he was big man just if he'd have if he'd have hitched on with us man oh brother he'd he'd have really been big then yeah. oh my 100 percent. yeah well i think I, I think we've done a little bit of a of a background of um of kind of mark twain's life and his uh hannibal influences and so i think in the next portion we will talk about Mark Twain in more recent pop culture. Thank you for joining us for the Rivertown Review podcast. We want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, be sure and subscribe and leave us a review. Also, for comments and suggestions, you can email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com and you can visit us at rivertownreview.com and Rivertown Review on Facebook. As we delve into Mark Twain in the Recent-esque pop yeah. culture. How about that? Recent-esque, because... Um, would, would it be fair to say when it comes to Mark Twain coming into... I mean, Hal Holbrook was was big on that. It kind of brought him into the mainstream with Mark Twain Tonight uh, originally. But I know what you're talking about mm-hmm. is is even today. He, and Mark Twain's everywhere. Mark Twain is everywhere. Um, of course, there have been a a ton of movies actually there ha- there were mark twain um there were movies based on mark twain's books um starting in like 1907 when he was still alive so he was actually alive to see some of the first movies based on his books t- to to be in existence so i mean that if you i can anyway um but not only has the the movies um and and other uh TV shows, given a, a tip of the hat to Mr. Twain, um, he has reached um, a scholarly level, really. Um, for those of you that remember the scene in um, Tom Sawyer where he uh, convinces his friends to pay him for the privilege of whitewashing the fence. <laughs> it is, it is, there is a marketing term for that. It is the Sawyer effect and motivation. Mm-hmm. The first principle is that, and this is you know this makes sense when you think about it. Any activity can be made into a game. Any and any parent is going well, duh. <laughs> exactly. You know, all you have to do is oh, I who's who can who can pick up the most? Who can pick up? Works for for the younger children for a while, but I think <laughs> the the other part of that is I think just as fascinating. Yes, the attitude that a person takes to the task can have a major impact not only on their desire to do the task, but can influence others' desires as well. It's a, it's a contagious thing. Once, once the kids have figured out it's the in thing to do, then they, they, want, they want to join too. Let me do this too. Exactly. And um, what is it? On the, on, on the flip side. Uh, yes. Okay. You, you've put a big star by this quote here. Uh, there are wealthy gentlemen in England who drive four horse passenger coaches 20 or 30 miles on a daily line in the summer because the privilege costs them considerable money. But if they're offered wages for the service, they would, that would turn it into work. 
and they would resign. Exactly. <laughs> so having someone pay for the privilege to do something that others would view as work, that is the Sawyer effect. <laughs> and you, you see it all over. You see it all over. Um, and, and like I said, there have been research papers done about this where I just, I just find it mind boggling. Not only that this is, this is an actual, you know, psychological term, yep. um, but also just the fact that they named it the Tom Sawyer <laughs> effect Tom because Sawyer it's effect. based on the book. Exactly. I find that fascinating. I, for some reason, I'm go, you were talking about P.T. Barnum a moment ago. Wasn't it P.T. Barnum that said there's a sucker born every minute? <laughs> <laughs> this would apply to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and Mark Twain also said that, you know, work um, is, is what a body is obliged to do. Yes. So if you are going to make someone do something, well, then that's work. But if it's something that they want to do and even pay for the privilege of doing, why that? That is play. That it also is... sounds like a podcast to me. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's another story. Yeah, true. Yeah. And now anyone that, that knows me also knows I'm a huge fan of, of just pop culture in general, movies. Sure. Um, so just a couple of uh, things that you might not have been aware that were inspired by Mark Twain. Um, there was a 1953 movie starring Gregory Peck. So any of our classic movie lovers out there, sure. um, it was called Man with a Million. That was actually based on Mark Twain's short story, The Million Pound Banknote. Huh. Now, moving forward up to 1994, there was a romantic comedy starring um, the um, comedian Paul Rodriguez, and it was called A Million to Juan. Mm -hmm. um, of course, uh, Paul Rodriguez is of, um, I believe, uh, um, I don't remember, it's of Mexican descent or of South American descent, mm -hmm. a pretty famous um, comedian. Sure. And once again, that was based on the Million Pound Banknote, uh, a short story by Twain. My favorite is probably one of my husband's favorite movies. It could have something to do with the fact that he's in the banking industry. Well, yeah, there's probably that too. Oh, yeah. Or just he's a huge Eddie Murphy fan too. Yeah, all of uh, the above. So... The I didn't realize it was this old. This makes me feel ancient. It is the 1983 movie. 83? 1983. Good night. 30, 35 years. <laughs> it feels like yesterday. Uh, yeah. Uh, the movie Trading Places, which yeah. starred Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Mm -hmm. Can you guess what book... By Mark Twain, that that was based off of. Oh, gee, let me think. Besides the fact that you and I talked about this before we started, yeah, you know, this was yeah. We'll we'll let we'll let the the, the podcasters see if they can guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is based on the Prince and the Pauper. The Prince and the Pauper, which not a lot of people think of the Prince and the Pauper as being a Mark Twain book. You might have heard the the name, but Mark Twain doesn't necessarily come to yeah, mind. Right? Yeah, we don't. You know, it, it doesn't automatically spring to mind as the author of the Prince and the Pauper. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. So Trading Places was is another modern day way that Mark Twain is is still with us. Okay, I'm doing this for a friend. Because I have to, every once in a while, I have to let the, the, the nerdy part of me out, you okay. know. Did you know that, that Mark Twain also makes several appearances in Star Trek The Next Generation? See, now, I'm, I'm not a Trekkie, so I did not know that. But mm -hmm. it's, I have learned something today. Yes, on board, on board the holodeck, I do believe that Captain Picard has con several conversations with Mark Twain. 
I would imagine if you went to YouTube or something like that and Googled Star Trek Next Generation Mark Twain, uh, that would probably be there. I'm sure you'll find it. I'm going to I'm gonna have to do that, yes. So, honestly, we, we have just skimmed the surface, but wanted to entertain, possibly inform some folks about how much our little Sam Clements from Hannibal has affected our popular culture and, of course, the, the time in which he lived. Um and so we're going to actually give you a little bit of homework. Homework. Ah, oh, and everybody's going, yay, homework. Woohoo. <laughs> or how about, hmm, we're, we're going to give you the privilege of giving us feedback and giving us trivia that we might not know. Yes, yeah, stump, stump, the, stump the podcasters. Stump the podcasters. You betcha. Okay. I'm, I just used the Sawyer effect. Did you notice that? <laughs> yes, you did. Stump the podcasters. Leave us a note on either Facebook or um, email rivertownreview at gmail.com. Where, have, where is the strangest place that you have seen a reference to Mark Twain? Now, as an example, um, I've, I've been lucky enough to be on several cruises um, on, on different cruise ships uh, going different places. And I think about seven times out of ten, the library on board the cruise ship is the Mark Twain Library. Hmm. Yeah. Which makes sense on a ship. I mean, his that's his background, river boats and uh, the, the river. Which, you know, of course, cruise ships are, can be on the ocean too, but it's on, oh. on the water and he's, yeah, he's done that. So if, if you have ever noticed Mark Twain or one of his characters popped up in a, in a strange place, uh, maybe you or had been at a hotel and they had the Mark Twain suite or something something to that effect, think back and, uh, and, and shoot us, a, like I said, shoot us a message on Facebook on Rivertown Review or send us an email, rivertownreview at gmail.com, and um, we will uh, read off some of the interesting ones at our next podcast. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I told you my example uh, whenever we go to Peoria, Illinois. And when I, I don't think of Peoria and Mark Twain in the same breath, but when you look at the downtown skyline in Peoria, and there's the Mark Twain Hotel. And I'm going, hmm. I wonder how that got there. So, but yeah, you know, that, that's my example. So, so what's yours? So that is that is your homework assignment uh, until the next time that we reconvene. We changed that. It's not homework, remember? Because homework oh, that, is something that's right. That's that, right. that you are that it, it is, you're you are expected to do. Stumping the podcasters. Yes, you get to play stump the podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you were waiting for me to do that. Sometime. I was. I was. <laughs> she loves the evil laugh. I, I learned that. You want know, to. You know, make make Megan's day. Yes, we 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 are manipulating the populace. <laughs> uh, We're no. only only using the Tom Sawyer effect. That's right. We're it's, just putting it into practice. This is this carrying is a, on the legacy. It's an object lesson. Yes, absolutely. This is part of the education process. Man, we're so full of it. <laughs> Well, I well we're not full of it when we say thank you so much for listening. You betcha. Um, please leave reviews um, on the platform of your choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, iTunes, Google Play. Um, share with your friends if you enjoy this, uh, and you have other friends that that you think will enjoy it as well. Um, please uh, share share the love, share the joy that is Rivertown Review the podcast. Yes. I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And we will see you next time on Rivertown Review, the podcast. Thank you for joining us for Rivertown Review, the podcast. For more information on all things Hannibal, visit our website, rivertownreview.com. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, 
please email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com. And be sure and join Megan and Harold next time for Rivertown Review, the podcast.